Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Please enjoy this message from this year's FCA camps featuring Russ Follett. Come on, FCA camp, why don't you make some noise for Jesus for just a minute? I wish I had a few hundred teenagers that without a sermon, without a band, oh, come on, you can do better than that. Why don't you show Jesus how much you love him in this place? Hey, man, I am so excited to be here. Is there a, is there a table I can have by chance? If not, I can like make this happen. I'll just borrow this real quick, real quick. I promise I'll give this back and then you. Man, I am so excited to be here tonight. Have you guys been having fun at at camp so far? Huh? Woo, man. Before I get into my uh, my, my message for tonight, I just want to take a second to honor the amazing FCA staff, the volunteers, everybody that's making this thing happen. Why don't you make some noise for the amazing FCA staff and volunteers, man. So incredible, man. Everybody that has been a part of making this week uh, happen. Uh, man, your uh, tech team, your worship team. Like, listen, I just, I, I call it keeping a buck, right? That's what I say at home. I'm just going to keep it a buck with y'all, okay? I do not often get up to preach and my voice already be tired from singing so loud. But my man David Ryan Cook and Ben, man, they are crushing it on worship. Can you show them some appreciation one more time? Yes. And uh, man, it's just such a packed week of amazing moments. And I'm so excited to be here. I, uh, I bring you greetings from my, uh, my amazing family. I think we've got a pic of them that we can throw up. Uh, so that's myself, obviously, my lovely wife, Bailey, the most beautiful girl in the world. That is my son, Corbin Elias Follett. And uh, he's four years old. He's single, ladies, just saying. And then that's my daughter, Lydian Marie Follett. She will never be single ever, not a day in her life, okay? Uh, she will always be daddy's girl, and I miss them like crazy, but uh, I'm so excited to be here. They send you love. And the reason that they're not here with me tonight is because uh, we actually just got off of our own youth camp, okay? I'll tell you more about that in a little bit, but uh, before I get into that, I do want to encourage you, man, I'd love to stay connected with you. Uh, and so if you want to give me a follow on Instagram, there is my handle. I'd love to be able to hear about your life, your story. I'd love to be able to hear about what God is doing in your life. And again, if, if somebody asked me recently, they said, what is your life message? What is the thing that you would share with anybody that you had an audience with? And it's exactly what uh, uh, my friend uh, said a little bit ago. You are better than you think you are because the God in you is bigger than you think he is. Come on, somebody. If you're believing that, if you're excited about that, why don't you one more time make a little bit of noise, huh? My man right here, I like you, bro. He didn't even, he didn't even, look, black shirt right here, stand back up, bro. Yeah, yeah, you, no, no, what, you're like, this, this black shirt? Yes, you black shirt. Hey, I just want you to know, bro, that you too, I'm proud of you too, but I was actually talking about my, my man back here, okay? <laughs> this, okay, now everybody with a black shirt is going to stand up. No, hey, bro, I love your passion. God sees it, God knows it, and uh, God's going to do something great with it. Just wanted you to let you know that, all right? All right. Now, here's the deal, okay, uh, I legitimately, uh, what time is it, 8.54, okay, about uh, 29 hours ago, I got home 
from us hosting our own youth camp with C3 students, the ministry that I'm honored to be able to lead alongside of my wife. Uh, we were up in Medical Lake, Washington at Silver Lake Campground. We had over 350 students and leaders that were there for a whole week encountering God and man, seeing God do amazing things. And now I'm here with y'all, okay? I had some of my volunteers and some of my team that they were like, you are crazy. You just got done with your own camp and now you're going to go hang out with more teenagers and share more of the gospel with them. And I'm like, you're right. I'm insane, right? <laughs> Let's just be honest. I am insane. I am cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs crazy about Jesus, about teenagers, about seeing teenagers encounter Jesus, seeing them find life and hope and purpose and everything you guys are talking about this week. I'm so passionate. I'm kicking my water bottle. I'm about to just kick that into this section over here. No, but I'm excited, man. I'm passionate. I am so insane about exactly what I get to do right now. And so I want to say one more time, thank you to Zenon and Amy for extending this invitation. Uh, my Tri-Cities people, come on. You got the best of the best right here with you. And I'm so excited. So yes, I am running on low sleep, a lot of Dutch bros, and I'm ready to go tonight, man. It's going to be good. I'm so excited to be here. So here's what I'll do. I want to tell you a little bit of a story first, okay? Like I just mentioned to you, I was at Silver Lake Campground in Medical Lake, Washington, Beautiful campground, amazing, amazing uh, place. But what I found out really quickly, this was my first time leading a youth camp uh, in Medical Lake at this campground, and I found out really quickly that there was a problem at this campground, okay? This problem is a uh, five-letter word, W-A-S-P-S. What does that spell? Wasps, all right? I found out really quickly that uh, this, this campground had some, uh, some waspuses all up in this uh, place, okay? And I found out really quickly that they did not like me, all right? And so uh, we would be walking around this campground, and we would be hanging out. We'd be doing crazy stuff, man, awesome services. And uh, I would be walking around, and all of a sudden, I just have like 14 wasps all up in my grill, you know? And I'm like... Like, I don't know if you've ever boxed a bug, but I about got that close. I was like, I wish you would sting me. You know what I'm saying? And people are like, don't do that. It gets them angry. I'm like, let them get angry. Like, come on, come at me, bro. Like, and, and I, I found out really quickly that they were not going to leave me alone. <laughs> and I was like, man, I got to fix this. So as beautiful of a campground as it was, I got to be honest with you, uh, I spent a little bit more time inside than I would like to admit because I didn't want to get stung up by no waspuses. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like... I was not interested in that. But I figured out something very interesting, and it actually made me think about coming and spending time with you guys at FCA camp. Because I thought about this reality that, uh, man, sometimes in our lives we have things that just follow us, and they annoy us, and they bug us, and they distract us. And if we're honest, they hurt us. And I thought about this truth that the reality is, is that in your life, you will find freedom from what is pursuing you based on what you decide to pursue. Woo. I just preached that better than y'all just reacted. I just need you to know that. I'll say that one more time. You will find freedom from what is pursuing you based on what you decide to pursue. Okay? And so last night, uh, Pastor Isaac Butts, who is my homie from the Tri-Cities, uh, man, he shared about pursuing truth. Tomorrow night, you guys have Trey Kennard uh, sharing the word. Uh, two nights from now, come on. On my motocross, people are like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, that's awesome. That's dope. Like, I don't know if y'all realize this, but like not every camp gets somebody like that at a camp. Like y'all are blessed, okay? 
Two nights from now, you've got uh, Ben Bost, who I hear is just absolutely phenomenal. And tonight, you get this tattooed, weird shoe-wearing weirdo, right? Um, <laughs> but it's all good because I'm here, and I'm ready to bring a word. So tonight, I'm talking to you about the idea of pursue life. Pursue life. And like I said earlier, the, t- the, really, the big thing I want you to focus on tonight is this idea that you can find freedom from whatever is pursuing you based on what you decide to pursue. We're going to look at a story for a moment in, uh, in the Gospels, the book of Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to be honest with y'all, I got a lot of Bible for you guys tonight. Is that okay? Is that okay if we got a lot of Bible? Come on, like, you guys didn't come here for a TED Talk. You didn't come here to be entertained. If you wanted to get ent- entertainment, you could have gone to Silverwood or some other place to find a bunch of entertainment. We came here to get into God's Word tonight, right? Is that why we're here? Okay, okay. So we're going to jump into the book of Mark chapter 5, and here's what it says starting in verse 21. It says that Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. And then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, my little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. And Jesus went with him. And all the people followed, crowding around him. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. So let's think about this for a minute. Let's break this down, right? Because how many of you know, you can't always read the Bible perfectly, but you can read it properly, right? There's a lot of stuff going on in this this text so far that I want you to get notice of. Jesus has already been in the business of doing a lot of miracles, doing a lot of teachings. He's moving into this new space, this new opportunity, this new assignment. And this dude, Jairus, who is this bigwig, this big dog in the local religious circle, he comes up to Jesus, he gets down on his knees, and he begs Jesus to come and heal his daughter. Now, the thing about Jesus is he often did not go places alone. When he went somewhere alone, it was very much intentional, but he couldn't help but have a lot of people follow him, okay? So Jesus goes with Jairus. He starts walking towards this uh, baby girl to to save her, this girl that was actually about 12 years old. Where where are all my 12-year-olds at? Do we got 12-year-olds in the room? Okay. They're the real high-pitched ones. Anyway, um, (laughs) I'm sorry, bro. I'm so sorry. Um... But, but he's going to go find this 12-year-old and heal her, and there's this massive crowd of people that's following him, and all of a sudden we get an interruption in this story. There's this woman who we, we don't know her name. She has been in this medical condition for 12 years, and she spent all the money she has. She's been, she's been taken advantage of by doctors, and what you don't know unless you really dive deep into the text and you understand the context of that day is that actually this woman would have been treated like an outcast, a reject. She would have been a nobody. And so this woman, who we don't even know her name, we see that all of a sudden she has been taken advantage of, she's lost all her money, she's lost all of her status, and now in front of her is Jesus, God with skin on. She hadn't gotten any better. She'd gotten worse. But I'm here to tell you tonight, a little spoiler alert, things are about to get a lot better for her. But with that, why don't we take a moment and let's one more time pray and see what God wants to do in these next few moments. Jesus, we love you. We ask that your Holy Spirit would help us to pursue life tonight. 
that whatever's been pursuing us, that we would go after you in such a passion and, man, such a readiness and such an excitement to find life and find it to the fullest. And we ask all of this in your mighty and awesome and precious and amazing and matchless name. Amen. 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 I like this. I like this crowd over here. I like I like all of y'all. I like them. The first step to greatness is always the hardest one. Come on, how, do you know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? For some of you, you've been doing sports and you've been in your, your specific assignment, your athletic opportunity. You've been in it for years. And if you think about it, I want you to think back on the very first time you stepped out into that sporting event. Okay? Uh, think about maybe the time that you first hit a, hit a court for the game. The very first time. Or for all my weightlifting people, the first time you got up under that squat rack. Right? Some of you are all like, ew, squats. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, I, I get it, right? But think about the very first time that you stepped into that. It's exciting, it's a new world, but it's terrifying, right? There's so many things that run through your brain. What if I mess up? What if I let my team down? What if I get hurt? What if, what, what if it doesn't go the way that I hope? And yet we all have to choose to take that first and biggest step of faith. This woman in this story actually did choose to do that. She chose to take the first step that was the hardest step. Because here's what it goes on to tell us in Mark chapter 5, verses 27 and 28. It says that she had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd, and she touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe then I will be healed. This woman had heard about Jesus, just like you've maybe heard how to shoot a three-pointer or you've heard how to kick a penalty kick, but there's a difference between knowing and actually doing, right? There's a difference between being an expert that sits on the bench and just takes up space and breathes hot air and annoys your team. There's a difference between that and someone who actually chooses to get in the game. And that's what this woman decided to do. You see, the first thing that this woman had to do, much like you and I have to do if we're going to pursue life, here's what you need to know tonight is that you've got to open your heart. Open your heart. Open your heart. Are the miracles of Jesus and the stories of the God of the Bible, are they just stories to you? Are they fantasy to you? Or are you ready for those stories to become reality? Because I'm here to tell you that if God did it then, he can do it in your life now. The question is not if he can, the question is will you allow him to? So you got to open your heart. You got to make sure you're willing. You got to make sure that you're available. So often we know the Bible stories, we know what God has done in history, but we've allowed it to become this cutesy Sunday school coloring book kind of story and not something that we're actually open to having happen in our lives. And the only reason that this woman is known across history is because she wasn't just satisfied with hearing stories. She decided to let God rewrite her story to the point to where we never know her name, but she's got more fame than most of us will ever have in a lifetime. Millions of people have read about this woman's story and we don't even know her name. Because she chose to open her heart 
and experienced Jesus for herself. And because she opened her heart, here's what happened next. She reaches out, she touches Jesus' robe. She says, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And here's what it says now, starting back in verse 28, is it says that immediately the bleeding stopped. Immediately. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask, who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. In this massive crowd of people, Jesus feels that his power has gone out. And he looks around at a crowd probably a lot like this one, except they were a lot less attentive more than likely. And I'm grateful for that. And Jesus looks around in this crowd and he goes, who touched me? Can I tell you that something that already sticks out to me about this woman versus the guy, Jairus, that we talked about earlier, is that Jairus was happy to sit back at home and send a servant and just have Jesus come meet him. But this woman decided to go meet Jesus. Come on, I don't know how many of you have been at a point in your life where you said, I can't wait, I can't sit back, I can't make an excuse of, I gotta go find Jesus, I gotta go get him for myself, I gotta make sure I don't miss any opportunity to encounter him, and that's what this woman did. She went and she went after Jesus. She had heard about him, she knew about him, but she chose to put in the work to encounter Jesus. And can I tell you, those are the best stories. The stories of the fact that, like, I, I have no business being up here. I have no business having the family I have. I wish I could get into my story more. Man, if you follow me on socials, I will let you know it all. But can I just tell you, coming from a dude who was suicidal, depressed, I, I was broken, I was lost, I was fatherless. I have no business being a father. I have no business being a husband. I have no business being a pastor. But because I went after Jesus, Jesus came and he met me and he gave me the life that I have today. And can I tell you that if he did it for me, he can do it for you. I'm only on point one. I got to keep going. Y'all are getting me too, y'all are getting me too amped up. So you got to open your heart, but it's not enough to open it. Next, you got to examine your heart. <laughs> this is where we start to do the real work, okay? This woman had to get brutally honest with herself to see that the only thing that, to, that would give her the healing that she needed was if she was honest about her own shortcomings and if she went after the only one who could heal it. She had to examine her heart. And I, can I tell you something? That the darkest place for any of us to look is often right here. It's like this. I would say it this way. I know I got a lot of athletes in the room. How many of you have a day in your workout regimen that you just cannot stand, Right? Some of y'all are y'all. Some of y'all are lying, right? <laughs> there we go. Okay, here we go. For me, I'll be honest with y'all. Um, I love I love back day. I love doing me some lat pull downs. I love doing some rows. I, I love all of that, right? I love leg day. I love doing some squats. I love doing some deadlifts. Uh, man, I love all that junk. But I cannot stand chest day. I'm just being honest. Anybody else in the room with me? A couple of us. Somebody said, no. Okay, well, listen, while you go do your 8 million push-ups, I'm going to go hit the squat rack, okay? But here's the deal. How many of you know that if I just skipped chest day all the time, I would look like a dude made all up out of Play-Doh, 
right? I'd be like jacked up legs, I'd have a big old back, and I'd have no, no chest, no triceps, nothing, right? I would just look all kinds of funky, right? Or the, the stereotypical thing that some people think about is they think about the dudes that skip leg day, okay? Listen, don't skip leg day, right? Don't skip leg day. Don't nobody need for you to have like a, like a 400-pound torso and a 40-pound like lower body, okay? Like that's just weird, right? But some of us, we're tempted sometimes to skip the things that are hardest for us to face. There's been times that I've been tempted to skip out on the hard work. And how many of you know that if we did that over and over, we would end up with a fake version of fitness, but we wouldn't actually be all that fit. When the time came for us to actually use those muscle groups, we wouldn't be all that effective. And the same is true that our, in our lives. There are things that we love to talk about. There are things that we have no problem being honest about. But there are also things that we are scared to be honest about. There are things in our lives that we're scared to be real about with people. There's things that we're scared to be real about with God. And those are the things that are going to make us stronger. I'm here to tell you tonight that the, the hard things in your life, the things that take work, the things that take effort, the things that take discipline, those are going to be the things that make you stronger. Because my friend, I'm here to tell you tonight that strength comes with the struggle. Strength comes with the struggle. You ever gone into the gym and seen, seen some, some person with like five pound weights or like, a, like they, don't, they ain't got no weight on the bar and they just, they feel like they're crushing it. They're just like, gish, 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 gish. and you're like, bruh, like what are you doing, right? Like you could do 75 million reps and you're not going to have done a whole lot of work, right? Strength comes with the struggle. And the things that we like being honest about the least are the things that grow us the most. I can tell you that in my life, January of this year, I looked at who I was, I looked at where I was in life, I looked at what I had become, and at 265 pounds, I looked in the mirror and I said, if I want to see my kids have kids one day, if I want to see as many students as possible encounter Jesus. I talked about hating chest day earlier. Let me be very clear. I, I, couldn't, he, I couldn't even hardly spell push-up. That's how out of shape I was, okay? But man, I looked in the mirror and I said, I got to change something. I got to do something different. I got to stop letting pizza be my comfort. I got to stop letting myself just sit on the couch and waste away. If I want to make something of this life that matters, I got to make a change. And I'm here to tell you tonight that after, after five, six months and a lot of discipline and a lot of work and a lot of pushing away the things that I wanted to instead go after the things that I needed, 45 pounds down now, I can sit here and I can go all stinking day. Throw that picture up. Throw that picture up. Do we have the picture? Maybe we don't got the picture. Go follow me on Instagram and you can see the picture for yourself, okay? Some of y'all are like, eh, that wasn't that many push-ups. Okay, well, listen, you've been doing the work a lot longer than I have, okay? I could have gone longer, but I, that's not what I'm here for, right? All I'm saying is this, is that, man, I had to push aside the things that I wanted to go after the things that I needed. I had to go after the, I had to go after the things that God wanted for my life, not just the things that I wanted for my life. Have you had the bravery to start doing some of the heavy lifting in your own life, to talk about the areas that you've never talked about with anybody before, to start talking about why you do some of the things you do, because that, my friends, 
is where you will grow. Because strength comes with the struggle. And I'm here to let you know tonight that, man, you got to open your heart. you got to examine your heart. But next up and finally, you have to do this. You have to surrender your heart. It's not enough just to open up. It's not enough just to examine. The biggest test comes with, are you willing to let go of whatever it is you find? Because if we're honest, for some of us, we would look at areas in our life and those things that we're scared of, those things that keep us up at night, those things that we don't want anybody else to know, we hold those things so close. Those thoughts that we think, if I share, anybody, if I share this with anybody, then man, they'll never look at me the same. I can't tell my youth pastor about this. I can't tell my, my FCA leader about this. I gotta, no, I gotta, I gotta keep a brave face. And can I tell you something? A brave face after a while only crumbles and decays anyway. I can tell you after having done this for a lot of years with a lot of teenagers that the students that chose to be honest about their shortcomings are the ones that made it in the long run. If you want to live a life that is meaningful, that matters, and that makes history, you got to open your heart, you got to examine your heart, you got to surrender your heart. And that is what this woman did. Because in Mark chapter 5, verse 33, here's what it says. It says that then the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. Yeah.